Welcome to Outflow. I'm Pastor Alan King of River of Life Church in Valdez, North Carolina. And wherever you're joining us from today, we're glad you're here. I have a special guest in the studio with me today. We're going deep as we dive into the subject of the millennial reign of Christ. So you don't want to miss it. We're glad that you've taken this time to be with us. So now grab your Bible, grab something to take notes with, and let's get into the Word of God. This is Outflow. Thank you so much for joining us today on Outflow. I have a special guest with me in the studio. I have um, pastor, teacher, prophet. I don't know what uh, my friend. Yeah, yeah, that's important. There you go. Uh, Philip Steph is with us today, and uh, Philip is going to be talking about a a topic that. Well, we could be here for days with this one. There's so much here to cover. We're going to be talking about the the, the millennial reign of Christ. Um, it's getting close. And uh, so we're going to uh, – I, I didn't realize, you know, growing up as a little Pentecostal kid in North Carolina, a preacher's kid, I didn't realize this was such a varied subject until you get to looking at it. And uh, there, there's a lot here, a there whole is. lot here. And so, um, I, I, Philip and I were talking and I said, I got to bring you in the studio. We got to talk about this. And so, uh, uh, Philip, let's talk about the millennial let's, reign of Christ. Well, that's good. Well, what I'd like to do today is, uh, let's, let's go up to 40,000 feet or higher. Right. You know, the, the Ephesians tells us that we've been seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. And where we sit determines how we view things. So we could get in, and I've, we've got all kinds of scriptures we could look at. It's really important. We'll probably get into that. But to begin with, I'd like to look up and say, let's look down at the, the, the and see the big picture of what we're talking about. This is worth a, this is a whole lot more important than just facts about the millennium, as, as important as that is. Mm-hmm. It's about the way we look at the Bible. It's it's a way we we look at our worldview. It's a way we look at the world right now and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. One thing that that uh, uh, you know about me is that I am a literalist. Right. If if the Bible says a thousand years, it means a thousand years. And that's what millennium means. That's what it means. Right. A millennial is a is, word. is a Latin word for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And the thousand years is only found like six times in Revelation, but the the concept of the millennium is throughout the Bible. It is a main theme of the Bible. If you miss it, uh, you're not going to go to hell. If you miss it, you can be, you can be sincere. A lot of sincere believers don't have any clue about it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they're they're not saved. It just means that they're they're the Pieces of the puzzle do not fit together very well. And the millennial uh, reign of Christ is a big piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when when the Bible says a thousand years, I believe it. Right. When When the Bible says Israel. I believe it's talking about Israel, not about the church. Now, and I've talked to people. I've, I got into a lot of discussions before I realized how controversial an issue this was. And I was amazed. I'd walk away shaking my head because I would say, well, the Bible says Israel's going to be restored. And they would say, oh, that, that's 
replacement. We were a replacement. They don't call it that, but we're replacement theologians. We believe that that the church has replaced Israel. Well, and so every time in the Old Testament, when they look at they they read Israel, they put in the church. That's not right. No, no, it's not right. No. And now there are promises they that are. God gave Israel that that apply to ever. They're Everybody. universal. And thank God for that. Yes, praise but, God for that. But we're not Israel. That's right. We're not <laughs> Israel. And so if you go up to 40,000 feet or higher and you look at it, uh, God has a timeline. Now, one of the things that I've discovered in the last few years that's a little troubling to me is that I'm not sure many of the younger Christians think in terms of that, that there's a timeline. You know, I, th- I think you and I probably grew up with the idea that that you have the millennial reign, you have the new heaven and the new earth, you have you know the tribulation, those kind of things, and they fit in a timeline. Uh, I'm not sure a lot of people have a concept of the timeline because I haven't heard it taught very much, uh, and and uh, it's it's very important to know. Uh, and I do like to say controversial things that are not life and death issues, but I want to say one. I believe in global warming. I believe in global warming. I'm, I'm going to read you a scripture over in Second Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. This is the, the ultimate global warming. Ultimate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about it like that. That's true. Well, I sort of like it. So when I get around somebody and they want to talk global warming, I'll say, yeah, I'll, you yeah. Know, I'm with you. You know? I like that. And the, uh, I wasn't sure where you were going. I knew you were. So. I could tell by the look on your face. But, but, but. That's where the earth is going. Yeah. Where where is where are we headed? Where's this parade headed? And and uh, another another concern I have when I look around the body of Christ, sincere, zealous believers, is uh, they they don't seem to have an interest in studying to show their self approved. Rightly dividing the word of truth, you know, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. And it is sometimes like work, but it's it's important. So uh, if you don't know where we're headed, you don't you can't quite put us in the right place where we are now. And so this uh, let let me turn. Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 24. A lot of you are familiar with this. This is not your traditional millennial teaching, but it's going to get us there if, if uh, the Lord helps me. But in, in, in Matthew chapter 24, verse, verse 3, it says, and this is Jesus. He was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, we've talked about this before. I love the King James Version. King James misses this. It says, and the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Well, when Jesus is describing it, it's not the end of the world. That's what we're reading about when the heavens are going to be, uh, earth is going to be burned up with a great heat. Right. That's out there. He's talking about the end of the age. Yeah. And so uh, if you take the time to learn how to distinguish the ages, the Bible begins to make more sense. Yeah. And the millennial age is a thousand-year rule and reign of Christ that helps us put the pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, One other thing that that I ought to say here is, uh, I don't know, I've got it written down somewhere. There's thousands of verses in the Bible. 
a bunch words verses and every verse is like a puzzle piece yeah and and what happens is the pieces of the puzzle have to fit together and what people do is they throw some of the puzzle pieces into the garbage can and others like me try to force fit the puzzle pieces into my <laughs> the way I look at it <laughs> you can't do that right you ha- if if the puzzle piece doesn't fit it just means you you're not looking at it right correctly and uh so i I would say this. Uh, I did bring a copy of, of our doctrinal statement, and it says we're pre-millennial, which is really good. That's very important. Uh, and I'm uh, all millennialists are some of the nicest people I know, and they're going to go to heaven, and they're sincere. And it's it, I don't have a bone about it. It's just a matter that if you miss the pre-millennial aspect of the scriptures, you make some serious errors in the way you look at the world well it's, it's forcing the pieces yes you're forcing the pieces or throwing them away and i yes. don't know if this is the best time to go here yeah not, but take because, off because uh you know we we didn't plan this we, it's not planned yeah um so we can just go wherever we want to go uh you mentioned premillennialism and amillennialism um and of course postmillennial you know there's all these different ones this is not to be confused with with pre-trib mid-trib and post-tribulation um because really, um, and I've, you know, we've talked about this before, as far as being a pre-tribulationist or a mid-tribulationist or post-tribulationist, wherever Jesus is going to come, before, middle, or after, um, you can really, if you dig, find Scripture to support mm-hmm. every one of Absolutely. those. Absolutely. And, and actually make it fit, make mm-hmm. the, the pieces fit. Millennialism is a little different. Absolutely, it, it's it's uh, it it doesn't work that way. You know, I I I've got dear friends of mine that are pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, and we all love one another. We all get along together. Uh, I have my feelings about it. I, I you know, and I'm but I'm not dogmatic with it because the longer we are here, the more that the Lord tarries His coming, the more I'm seeing. I don't know if I'm right or not, but it doesn't matter. This is not a heaven or hell issue yes uh but the millennial the the millennium if we get that wrong like you said it throws the whole thing out of kilter it does and we have to understand um because the millennium takes place um now as far as my belief is isn't is a post-rapture event yes and you have to have it in that order for it to make sense. That's right. So <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't want to. Oh no! Lose your tra- train well, of thought. There. That helps me because uh, I've got a. I've got some of my best friends who are not pre-tribulational rapture folks, mm-hmm. but we all agree that there's a tribulation. Right. And we generally agree that based off of Daniel, uh, that it's a seven-year period of time called the tribulation. Mm-hmm. And then, then at the end of the tribulation, Jesus comes back to straighten the mess up. Mm-hmm. Now, we may differ about when, when the rapture happens, mm-hmm. pre, mid, or post, but we agree that Jesus is going to come back and clean up the mess that man has made of it. Right. Okay, called the tribulation. And then after that is the thousand-year reign, and that's what we'll get into some of the scriptures. It's a glorious time. I don't know why we don't hear more script, uh, more sermons on it. Well, we used to. We used to, yes. And, and now nobody talks about it. Of course, we don't talk about the rapture anymore either. No. But it's still going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. We yeah. can ignore it all we want to, but yeah, it's going right. to happen. <laughs> that's right. And then, um, then after the thousand years, then there's going to be uh, a great white throne judgment 
where everybody who's not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be before that judgment. You don't want to be there. No. Okay, but we need to we need to preach about the judgment. Uh, Jesus Christ is a judge. Yes. Now, I, I think I mentioned to you the other day, uh, I make a controversial statement that shouldn't be controversial. God has a right to judge. Yeah. <laughs> he has the right, and he, yeah. he's not going to ask our permission when he judges. Right. Okay, so the judge, the, where do you put where do you put the, the great white throne on the time frame? You put it at the end of the millennium. And it has to go there. It has to go there. <laughs> and then the earth is burned up, and then there's a new heaven and a new earth, and it'll have no ending. Right. Uh, it, it, uh, you could... I can't be dogmatic on this, but it just makes a good point. Like, it's like the eighth millennium, you know? and and it's unending. Like the the we're in the six six thousand years, okay, six millenniums, and then the tribul uh, the millennium is the seventh maybe, and then there's going to be another one. See, there's something after the end of the millennium, but what's going on during the millennium, and why do we care about it? Um, let me tell you a quick story. I, w- I was uh, I was all excited. I get excited, and uh, I was about 25, and I was teaching Sunday school in a Presbyterian church, and I didn't realize they were all millennial. And so uh, we were team teaching, and my 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 little cycle was over. But the guy who was taking over after me uh, was going to be out for a week. He said, "Just teach on anything," and we were in Second Samuel. I was teaching Second Samuel. I said, well, i got another week. It wasn't out of the quarterly, but I said, let's teach on the Davidic covenant. <laughs> I got in all kinds of trouble. <laughs> and, and, and so I just taught on the Davidic covenant how David is going to, his throne is going to exist in Jerusalem during the millennium. Okay? And boy, the people got excited. They never heard that. And I was showing them the scripture. Well, uh, and he's a good man, but the pastor really messed up. He didn't say anything to me till the next Sunday morning. He came in and accused me of preaching anti-Presbyterian doctrine. And I said, well, he said, we don't believe in the millennium. And I took him to Revelation. And I said, well, you about this scripture, this scripture, and this scripture. And he said, if that was the only scripture we had, I'd believe in the millennium, but I don't believe in it. Well, he shouldn't have, he should have talked to me privately. But I got a rude awakening about how serious people take it when you start talking about the millennium. And so I went back to the drawing board at 25 and said, okay, am I sure that I believe what I believe? And guess what? I do. And there's tons of reasons. Uh, I've got a – this is not – this shouldn't be at all controversial. There is about to be a transference of global government. The kingdoms of this world are are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The globalists can do what they want to. The the political parties can do what they want to. Russia, China, all of them can do what they want to. But there's a time coming. Now, this this should excite us that there's a time coming when our king is going to be installed as king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Now I'm I I got more notes, but let me just say this: I get excited. I don't know how what it's going to look like, but we're going to rule and reign with him. Yeah. There's going to be an earthly government set up with Jesus Christ on the on the throne, and we're going to be helping him rule yeah. during the millennium. Yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons people don't get excited about that is because we we can't see past 
flesh. That's right. We, you know, we 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 want that kingdom now coming through a man and a political party. That's never going to happen, folks. Not, not going to happen. Never going to be. I, I don't care who's sitting in the White House. There's never going to be peace until the Prince of Peace. Amen. And so I, I think we just we we've got to you you got to look at stuff like that spiritually, and people just aren't willing to do that. Not not only that, when he sets up his kingdom. We think we don't have control now. <laughs> what he says goes. Oh, that's right. He's going to rule with the rod of iron. Yeah. It says that several times. Yeah. And we, uh, uh, the age of accountability may be a hundred, but if he's going to deal with sin during the millennium, there'll be we'll be in our glorified bodies, but there'll be a bunch of people who are not. Yeah. They'll be raising crops and raising families and having births. And but when you sin. It's going to be dealt with. That always blew my mind, Phil, when I got to thinking about it as a young kid. Yeah. Oh, it blows my mind now. The fact there's still going to be people born. Yeah. There's there's going to be, there's still going to be, I mean, stuff going on on the earth, but there's going to be like this, this might be a terrible way to put this, a ruling class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sons and daughters of the kingdom um, who have made their call and election sure before all this started, and uh, well, there's so much I want to ask you right now, but I we'll, oh, we'll go, get to go it. ahead. No, if you don't cover it, I'm going to ask you okay. the question. Well, <laughs> well, well, I didn't need to make, put a disclaimer to anybody from Old Fort who's listening to this. Is I've always said that I'm going to have a block. I'm going to rule the block in Old Fort. <laughs> I may have I may have disqualified myself when I moved, but if if that's not the case, you better be nice to me because I'm coming back. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and I am coming back. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be riding a, a horse, and we're going to follow Jesus. Uh-huh. You know, we're going to come yeah. back with Him, yeah. and then He's going to set up the thrones, and He's going to set up a government, and we're going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it thrills me, makes me very happy. My pastor's been talking about bridal identity and the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. See, that's what we're in training to be the bride. Yeah. We're in training to rule and reign with Him. This is a giant training program. Yeah. It's real. It's yeah. it. You know, it's. But it's a training program. How we respond now, uh, it's just exciting to me that God is going to make wrong things right. And uh, when I read Revelation, now, I understand people's uh, way way they're looking at things. And sometimes when I start talking about Jesus is coming back soon, well, we should be hoping he comes back soon. And people say, well, there's a lot of lost people. I don't see that in the book of Revelation. They say, how long? Yeah. How long, O oh Lord, before you judge? How long do you before you avenge us? And so uh, something about being a righteous person, you, you want to see righteousness rule and reign. And that's, that's our, you know, righteousness is going to rule and reign. And everybody who has sinned, Without repentance, it, they're going to go to to a dark place, yeah. a hot place. Yeah. That's another kind of global warming, I reckon. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, that that thing about why why is the millennium important? Why is it important? Well, uh, let, let, I've got a few. Uh, Oh, let me say this before. I understand that the Bible uses symbolic language. 
uses metaphors, it uses types and shadows, and, and words can mean different things, and God interprets it by the Holy Spirit. I understand that, but I am a literalist, and if to me that makes the only way it makes sense. And so uh, when the Bible tells us what the end days are going to look like, we need to take him seriously because Jesus said, I'm telling you these things. So when these things begin to happen to you, you know what's going, what's happening. Yeah. And uh, um, but anyway, the millennium uh, that uh, in Matthew chapter 24, it says the end of the age. And I'm sure you know this. Most of us may know this, but but the age is A-I-O-N in the Greek. It means age. World is cosmos. It's not the end of the world. When Jesus is giving the signs of his return, he's not saying the world's going to end. We're just going to enter into a different age. The millennium is a different age than we're in now. And when people, uh, one thing about the putting things on the timeline and understanding how they fit is in in both of our traditions, uh, who I grew up around in your tradition, there's a lot of mingling of the age of grace with the age of law and what happens that puts you in a in a spot where you're trying to live under two systems that you can't live under it leads to all kinds of frustration Mm -hmm. now there are abuses when you say i'm no longer under the law that's what it says i'm under i'm married to the i'm not under i'm under grace and you don't mingle the two you know and uh so there's a lot of a lot of theological dilemmas that we get into if we don't rightly divide the word of truth and that's what i was going to say you you the, the the way to fix that because that is a dilemma that a lot of people in our age are, are living with right yes. now but the reason is they don't know the word don't know the if word. you know the word and you can rightly divide the word you don't have to you 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 know where grace comes in and where law comes in and because you see it played out in the word because the word talks about it it tells us it, it gives us guidelines for that it's a lot different yeah. and uh uh, so let me do this. I, th- I think I skipped it a minute ago, but you you brought up a good point. I have a lot of grace for people who are pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib rapture folks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't understand the the amillennial position. Tell, tell us a little bit about what that is. The amillennial position, ah, is a Greek prefix that means no, mm-hmm. no no thousand years. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is back in the early church, they, they I, somebody has told me this and I wasn't there. Uh, I don't think you were either. So <laughs> so I can't, I can't verify it, but somebody told me that the church got into a real dilemma when Peter died. Because Jesus said, uh, you know, Peter's asking him about John and, and you know, and was it Peter or John? But anyone, one of the disciples, when they all died, they got confused because he said, if 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 that disciple lives, I come back. What's it to you? So uh, let, let me read it real fast. It's important. And John, right at the end, it says, uh, let me find it here. Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? 
you follow me. Therefore, this is John chapter 21, verse 23. Therefore, this saying went out among the brethren that the disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come. What is that to you? Yeah. And so it says that the word went out that Jesus was coming, coming back before that disciple died. Mm-hmm. They had a dilemma. He died. Okay, and so then those who had misinterpreted it had to come up with another theory, and that theory was that the church is going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And and the people who began to advance that uh, turned into the Catholic Church and, you know, mm-hmm. Constantine and that kind of thing, which was not a good thing. Right. And so all of a sudden... Then, well, I, let me fast forward. They had a problem when the, when a thousand AD showed up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what happened is the the church, Constantine, when he legitimized the Christian faith and forced heathen priests to come into the church, he he made the church earthly minded rather than heavenly minded and they said we are going to be oh by the way this this is repeated up to the day we are going to be the group that's going to get it so right that we're going to just sit here and jesus is going to waltz back in the fact is when jesus comes back he's going to find a mess so so a, a lot of the cultures along the way have have said we're going to establish the earthly kingdom and you said it a while ago the earthly kingdom's not going to be established till he comes back right. so anyway so uh so the amillennial view says there's no millennium and then they have to what they have to do is they have to jump through a lot of theological hoops for instance when i go to revelation and read where it says a thousand years several times six, they, six times six times at least just in the, the book of revelation right there Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but it's, uh, I've got a list here of, of maybe 45 or 50 scriptures that if there's no millennium, these scriptures will not be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. God has made promises to the nation Israel. And if there's no millennial, uh, you know, and, uh, but let me go here and then that it amazes me. I talked to some of my friends who, are millennial, and this is what I say to him. I said, "Look at Israel. It's like a it's like a billboard, yeah. a flashing billboard, <laughs> you know." And I say, "Look at Israel. Israel's not Israel. What do you mean Israel's not Israel?" And there in I've got it written down Isaiah 66 seven through nine. It says Israel will be reborn in a day, mm-hmm. and I say, "How can you say Israel's not Israel?" I said, you're going to believe some old dead guy. He died, he died in like 1700. You're going to believe Calvin? You're going to believe Calvin and these guys who, who didn't? You've seen it with your very eyes that Israel's been reborn. If, if we'd have been having this discussion in 1850, we have, you might have had a point. But I can't listen to you now. Israel's Israel. It is the billboard that just flashes and says, here it is. Ever since 1948, we know. May the 14th, 1948. <laughs> born in a day. Yeah. Born in a day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so what you can do is you can look at the prophecies. Uh, I don't know, somewhere between a fourth and a, a third of the Bible was prophetic at the time it was written. So when you look at the prophecies, some of them, a lot of them are f- fulfilled and some of them aren't. 
So what you do is it takes a little work, but you look at the prophecies that have been fulfilled, and you see how they were fulfilled, and that's the way the ones that are unfulfilled will be done. And so it takes some study, but when you go down through here, there's some things that uh, just uh, I, uh, in Zechariah, uh, it's it talks about the king will come in riding on a donkey, mm-hmm. and the next verse says, and his dominion will be to the ends of the earth. There's at least two thousand five hundred or seven hundred years between those two verses. That's what makes prophecies hard sometimes is because God will will look at the mountaintop. He shows you the mountaintops and there may be valleys in between. So so it's more of that puzzle. More of the puzzle. You gotta make it fit and and the the, the ref the time references do that. They do that. And That's right. We just read it and think all this. We think all this happened in like 40 years. <laughs> oh, I know it. And that's where we get, you know, it, it throws us off because you've got to understand. Even thinking that the Bible was written in chron or or is the, the the Bible we have is in chronological order. Sometimes if you don't get the timeline right, that's right. It, we we you don't know where that puzzle piece goes. That's exactly right. So we've got to study to understand these things. And uh, well, there's a word that that. Again, some of my friends don't like it when I use it, and I I use the term systematic theology, mm-hmm. and they don't like that. Now it is I will be the first to admit that systematic theology, wrongly pursued, can be dry, dull, and boring, and not very life-giving. But the fact is that God had a plan that starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation. It's his story. And he tells us. He tells us what's going to happen. He tells us what to expect so that when it happens, we'll begin to see it. I believe we're we're blessed to be living in the final generation. I could be wrong. I've been looking for Jesus back for the last 45 years. <laughs> I go to bed at night and look out and say, maybe tonight, Lord. And But one of, the, one of these times, some generation is going to be... The generation, right. and I think we're it. I think we're the generation, and we're going to get to see these things come to pass. You had some questions for me. Well, it, it was just the thing of, um, um, and I should have written them down because some of them I was thinking about, and you've already covered some of them, but um, I, I just, you know, there, there's more than just one. Uh, you know, we talked about premillennial. Premillennial. We talked about amillennial. Um, but there are others like postmillennial and um that's the one probably that I have the hardest time with, believing that Jesus is not going to come until the end of that thousand years. I have a really hard time reconciling that one. Um, I just because I don't see that happening. I don't. Uh, but and uh, and it's is a it's a subtle. Okay, we can pray and expect a revival. We can pray and expect a. a another reprieve of some period of time we can we can do all those kind of things but we're we're not going to cure the ills of this nation or this world we know where this world is headed it's headed toward globalism and all this kind of stuff it's going to go there we might have a, a parenthesis where we get another respite you know and have a revival and all that but one of the things i'd like to say to people is what makes you think we can cure spiritual problems with political solutions? Absolutely. And I did, I, I did get ahead of myself again, and that is the amillennial. I can, 
I know what they say, I think, but I can't get my head around it. I could, I would have a very, very hard time defending the all-millennial position. I would have an either even harder time defending the post-millennial position. So all-millennial says there's no millennium, that revelation has already been f- fulfilled. They said that the devil was bound up for a thousand years i don't think he's bound up now yeah and but the 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 post-millennial was very popular at the turn of the in the 1900s because they said we're gonna you know we got the technology we got the wisdom we you know we're gonna we're gonna redeem this world for the for the lord and then we're gonna have the millennial reign and then he's just gonna come back and get to sit on his throne it just, i don't understand it but that's what it believes Let, let's break it down just um because I don't, I don't know how much time we have left I, uh, but uh, let's let's just break it down if we can um let's look at the different ones and and give me a little bit of a timeline um of uh, of what what those different uh stances i guess you would say or or schools of thought uh, what they would look like. Let's start with premillennial. Uh, we're looking at, um, and again, it doesn't doesn't really matter where the tribulation fits in there. Um, but once that that premillennial um, second coming, once Jesus comes, that millennial starts. What are, what are we looking at? We're looking at the coming of Christ, a thousand years of peace, and of of uh and then oh, let's look at that. So I'm looking across through here, and there's going to be a seven year period. I believe seven years out of Daniel. I think right. it's a seven year period called the Great Tribulation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, "When I come back, will I find faith on the earth?" It's going to be rough. You know, you oh. read Revelation, it ain't it ain't going to be any fun. Mm-hmm. So you you got to, the the tribulation, and then it's debatable about when the church is taken out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the more popular views is the pre wrath mm-hmm. that the Bible says we're not. Uh, destined for wrath, so we take it. So some people think we we're out before the start of the tribulation. Some in the middle, some pre-wrath, and some post-trib. Mm. They think we're the ones that make it are going to get to welcome God uh, Jesus back. So those are all good. Okay, mm. then then, but what everybody pretty much agrees with is that Jesus is going to say enough. The father's going to say, go, go, take, get my children, you know, get this, reclaim this. Mm-hmm. Today I have set my king upon his holy hill in Jerusalem. And the father, you know, regardless of what, how much Jesus knows and what he didn't know and what he knows now, I don't know about, you know, Jesus said, I don't know when that's going to be yeah. when he's on the earth, you know. But the father's going to say, it's time. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's going to get up and the details can vary a little bit, but guess what? He, He's going. All of us agree. He's going to get on his white horse, mm-hmm. and the saints are going to get in behind him. That's we'll in June. With him. We're going to be riding with him. <laughs> and and uh, one of the people I like is L.A. Marzulli, and he says he had a dream and the horse was talking to him. So that would be nice, wouldn't yeah. it? You know, he's he's getting on his horse. But we're we're not going to be seeing his face right then. We're going to be seeing his back because we're going with him. Right. Now I was personally in uh, Jerusalem up on the Mount of Olives, and I had to be careful what. I repeat because evangelists say things that's not exactly right sometimes, but I verified it. It was right. The Muslims have have put a graveyard 
between Mount of Olives and the well, there's the Southern Gate or Eastern Gate, whichever, because he they don't think the Messiah can come through over the graves, and they've blocked it up. Mm-hmm. And so, but guess what? I'm sitting up here and I'm saying I'm going to come back here one day. Yes. Jesus is going to come in here, and he's now. The, I think it's very interesting. He's got a mess to clean up. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so we'll be, you know, those of us who are in heaven, you know, we'll be coming with him. Now, uh, some of my uh, non-pre-trib rapture people think we go up to meet him in the air. That's that's clearly a thing. You know, the saints will go up and meet him in the air. The pre-tribulational people say, and then we go to heaven for seven years while the tribulation is taking place. I've been told that, well, we just go up and meet him and then come back with him. But in any case, we're coming back with him, and he's got a mess to clean up. So he's going to come in, and that's where, you know, you read about the word of his, you know, the blood and the word. And, you know, he's going to tread the fierceness of the winepress of the wrath of God. My, you know, he's going he's to make wrong things right. Now, then at... at um, there's going to be a judgments, and now this gets a little controversial, but it makes logical sense to me that there will be some people alive at the end of the millennium. may not be a whole lot, but there will be some people alive at the end of the millennium who will then populate the millennium. And then they'll be having children, and they'll be, uh, you know, uh, and then what's hard to believe is Jesus is going to be ruling and reigning in perfect righteousness. This is hard for me to believe. Holiness over every doorpost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. On every horse bridle. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, but then at the end of that, old Slewfoot, the devil, yeah. is going to be turned loose again. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come and lead another rebellion. I. It's hard for me to believe that. Yeah. I, and I struggle you know, all my life. I, I've looked at that and I, I wanted to, you know, there are times that I, I, I want to look at the Lord and say, come here, let me, let me just ask you yeah, something. Yeah, let me ask you this <laughs> yeah. one. Why? <laughs> you got him. Why would you do that? Well, it, it goes back to this. Uh, I, this is probably a little controversial, but I could defend it if we had a little time. There's different levels of hell, of science you know they're they're and and we're being tested mm-hmm. and uh before the great white throne judgment there's going to come a, a bema seat a judgment seat where it's an olympic type of term can be u- used as legal but it's olympic where you get rewards mm-hmm. and it says that we're going to stand before the bema seat and we're going to be judged based on our deeds. And some people are going to be burnt crispy critters because they don't have any anything left. They still saved as by fire. And so we're going to stand before that. So what's happening is the times in which we live give us the opportunity to. It's not like we're trying to earn something necessarily, but it gives us a time to sort of earn our crowns. You know, there's a crown given to those of us who look for his coming you know there's different crowns different rewards and uh those rewards go with us into the millennium and maybe throughout all eternity and there's going to be a lot of surprises a lot of surprises i i just uh that that's when the first is going to be last and last is going to be first in a lot of cases um now and you know going back to that what you said about the devil being released for that season um that's plainly in the word that's going to happen. Yeah. You do away with the millennium, 
you do away with that. I, so now, now that's premillennialism. Amillennial, amillennialism believes the rapture, believes tribulation and rapture, but none of that stuff happening to again to break it down of what uh, so everybody understands exactly what we're talking about by that. They just don't believe that thousand years. Well, everything's. I think it all it. goes together in that they believe that. Uh, the ones that I've talked to, at least, and I'm sure there's a lot of variants, uh, when they take away the millennium, they also take away the Great Tribulation. And they basically say, we're in the Great oh, yeah. Tribulation now. Yeah. And and uh, uh, the amillennials believe that Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. And he just they just believe he's coming back and then we all go to heaven. Right. Which, the whole, we could have a conversation on heaven. You know, it, it doesn't really say that we're going to live forever in heaven. It says we're going to live in New Jerusalem yeah. that's going to come down after the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah, right. And I'm not sure, but it's almost like that's where in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Mm-hmm. I go and prepare a place for you. I'm not sure he's not preparing it in the new Jerusalem. Now, we may be losing some of y'all because we're going pretty fast, <laughs> but but it's worth st- You just go to Revelation chapter 19 and, and read 19, 20, 21, and 22. Uh, there, I, with a smile on my face, there's I can ap- absolutely predict that there's a couple more lockdowns coming. Okay? And and the one is where the angels take hold of the dragon, the serpent, and, by, and take him by the arms and throw him in the lake of fire for a thousand years. That's a lockdown. Yeah. He's going to be locked down. <laughs> and then he's going to be released, which, you know, I, the only thing is that it's a people have to be tested. They have to have a chance to repent and accept the king or not. We were talking about that last night. Some people make a choice to not believe. During the millennium, they can they can. They can live a good life in that thousand years and still not be in relationship with Jesus. Every, everybody's going to be tested on that one point. So then the devil gets turned, and that's there's at least that's where the battle of Armageddon takes place. There may be two of them, one at the beginning of the tribulation and one at the end of the millennium. But that's where they're all gathered together to, to kill us, mm-hmm. and then Jesus is going to just smite them, you know. Yeah. How stupid are they going to be? Yeah. But uh, but you can read Satan's bound in 20 verse uh, two, and then again, then he comes over here, and then it talks about the first resurrection, second resurrection, and then it, it then in verse 10 it says, and when the devil who deceived them, this is at the end of the millennium when he leads another rebellion, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented, uh, tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne. So before the great white throne were all the unbelieving human beings are going to be judged. The devil's going to go into eternal lockdown, never to be released again. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to stomp on that lid. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll never forget um, uh, years and years and years ago, uh, I was in a hospital room with another pastor. And... um, the, the man in the bed was uh, he he was trying to convince the pastor that we are in the millennial now that right yep. now we're in the millennium good man love Jesus he said we're we're living in the millennial right now well the pastor reached over and just pinched the fire out of him yeah. <laughs> he just pinched it and the guy said what did you do that for he said did you feel that and the man said yeah I did he said then we're not in the millennium 
He said, if it was in the millennium, you wouldn't have felt that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, see, they have to jump through those hoops. The millennials do. They have to say, the devil's bound. Yeah. I mean, that's that's unbelievable and we know he's not and he's not no <laughs> but but see it had they take they have to take a lot of pieces mm. and force the puzzle pieces together yeah and uh, uh love them but uh do your homework if that's the way you look at it do, do your homework do a test just read through the bible and when it says israel say it's israel when they say it's it's a thousand years believe it's a thousand years and just read and believe and trust yeah and and that the, the most important thing, because this takes it out of the the, the thing of it is is like we like we said as far as the the tribulation thing po, pre mid or post it doesn't affect my salvation. Um, and I'm gonna step out on a limb here and say even if you wanted to believe that there was no millennium or that it was pre millennium a millennium post millennium whatever. You can still go to heaven. Amen. Amen. But if you do not accept Christ as your personal Savior, unless you become a follower of Jesus, none of this matters. None of it matters. Because you're not going to make it. So I want to encourage you, if you're watching this today, and you have not made that decision to follow Christ, um, don't wait another minute. Because whether the rapture takes place in the next five minutes the next five years or the next 500 years, you're not promised tomorrow. Um, none of us are. My my use-by date is rapidly approaching. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Even for the ones that are 20 years old, there's going to be a use-by date if, if yeah. the Lord doesn't come back. And, and so we're going to face him. There is going to be a judgment, and you're going to face him based on one thing. Did you receive my son? Did you trust him? Did you follow him based on one thing? Amen. Not based on it. There's not. I, I I laugh and say there's not going to be a doctrinal exam at St. Peter's yeah, Gate. I like that. You know, yeah. he's not going to test you on all that. But it does affect the way you view life. I would I would say that the the whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib or post-trib, pre-wrath, that that keeps you on your toes. Mm. The, the amillennialists that I have had conversations with tend to be a little lackadaisical about the second coming. You can see where they believe that he's coming back suddenly. Mm -hmm. They just don't, they think the signs are, there's no signs. If I start talking about the signs, they they just shrug me off. And that's scary because the Bible says be ready. Be ready today. Be ready right now. And, And I think that we need to be aware of those things. You know, Jesus even said, when he was telling us all this stuff, he was sharing all this. He said, see that you're not shaken. Yes. See that you yes. are not shaken. I'm telling you this so you'll be aware of it. You'll see it when it's happening. But I don't want you to be shaken. Um, and and I, I just, um, it's nothing to be afraid of. No. If no. we put our confidence and our trust in the Lord. And, uh, well, Philip, I I've enjoyed this. This is great. Anything else that we didn't cover that that we need to? Um, I, the, I, one one thing that, and I'm, I might have briefly mentioned on it. One of the things that has helped me in the last few years when I've gone through some physical crisis uh, is the fact that this this earth is not all there is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times when I'm I'm hearing people on the internet and I'm I'm around people, it concerns me that they're almost getting earthbound. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Uh, 20 years ago, I was preaching in a Baptist church who believed in the pre-tribulational rapture, and, uh, I, which I do believe. I'm, I believe in the pre-tribulational rapture, but I could be wrong. But, but uh, I went over and grabbed the piano. I wrapped my arms around the piano, and I said, you think I can be raptured if I'm holding on to this piano? See, you, we, we, can, we need to hold this world lightly. We, we don't need to get earthbound where our vision is healing. All, I believe in all that, healing and deliverance and all that. But we don't need to be earthbound because this this earth is passing away. We know that. Well, especially the earth we're living in now. Why would anybody want to get get attached to this? Um, old old song we used to sing a hundred years ago when I was a little boy. This world is not my home. Not my home. I'm just passing through. And and if if my three grandchildren are watching this, which I hope you will, I love you all very much, but I don't want you all to face the world like it's going to be in the next 10 or 15 years, the way it's going. Yeah. If, unless there is a great revival and a great awakening, we're going downhill fast. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and it's easy to look at the pleasures, especially when we and we could stay here for a while. You made a state you make a statement all the time. One of my favorite things that you say. Um, and it, I think it's pertinent to this that we get, you know, we get attached to this world and we get attached because especially when we get blessed, sometimes one of the greatest curses is that we get blessed Yes, absolutely. because it makes us want to hold on. But you make this statement, I don't want to see people go to hell happy. And did I say that right? Yes, and absolutely. That, that's you, you can love this world and, and miss it. You you can even say you love Jesus and still miss it. And I still miss it. And and see, uh, you see that in me sometimes. I'm very passionate about certain people not going to hell. Now, if they they get angry at me, that's a price I'm willing to pay. I try to avoid it, but if that's a price I'm willing to pay because I just don't want them to be surprised. And and the day of judgment, man. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Well, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We did many powerful works. We did miracles. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. You talk about being surprised. I I teach sometimes that that angels are going to be dragging some of these people, and they'll be saying there's therefore now no no condemnation. And I say you've got to repeat the rest of those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And so there's going to be a lot of surprised people who, who can quote that, no condemnation verse, but they're going to be surprised. That is not a surprise you want to have. Yeah. If uh, Let me say this. If you're going to know, if you believe, if you halfway believe that you're going to face a judge, a righteous, holy judge, you're going to face him. Wouldn't you like to know him? Wouldn't you like to know about him? Wouldn't you like to know how he's going to judge? Wouldn't you like to know the character of the, of the judge? You don't want to wait. To, and try to present your case before the great white throne, it won't work. Yeah. No excuse. I, I just, I, I just, you know, like we say in the in the Pentecostal church, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Uh-huh. I do too. So, Philip, can you just take a minute? Because I, I know we're 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 going to have to wrap it up. But why don't you just take a minute right now? And, and if anybody's watching right now, and they're they're wondering, how do I do what he's just talking about? How how do you get to that point that you're ready for this? And uh, would you mind just, just yeah, share with that, me? The, the, the good news about the gospel and the good news about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the good news about the king is he asks us to do simple things. 
it's it, now sometimes it may appear to be hard, but it's really simple. And what he asks you to do is just believe. Yeah. Uh, and not just believe that there's a God, not just believe that Jesus is king. You can go to hell believing that Jesus is Lord, he's Savior and King. You have to believe, and then you have to take the next step and say, I open my heart to receive. Because so, personal. It's personal. It, he, it, it's not that he is the Lord. He, you can even say he's the Lord of Lords. You have to say he's my Lord, yeah. and that's personal. And and what you have to do is it's a heart transaction, uh, uh, transaction between you and the living God. And what I like to say is I've been at the altar several times, and I'll take somebody's hand, and I'll say, all I can do is put your hand in his hand. Yeah. Jesus, take his hand. Yeah. And and it is it is begin to read the word, begin to believe it, and begin to trust him. And then, as you begin to trust him, follow him. And so if I could, could I just pray a prayer? Absolutely. Oh, Lord God. (laughs) You know, uh, I don't mind praying this. I I can pray it every day, Lord, and I am so thankful. The last words on my lips as I pass into the next life is, thank you, Jesus. I do pray that. And the first words on my lips when I turn go into the eternity is going to be, thank you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's not about me. It's not about my, my righteous acts. It's not about how much scripture I know. It's not about how I can quote scripture or mark scripture or teach scripture. It's not about any of that. It's about you and your righteousness. Because, Lord, when I came to you, I had this realization that all my righteousness was like filthy rags and i came to you and it wasn't a deal it wasn't a wager it wasn't a uh, uh, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't any kind of transaction where i gave you anything of worth i just cast myself on your mercy mercy and ask for your forgiveness and so right now if you're listening to this and you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved i want you to just say this lord jesus i trust you Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. And let me just add this. I was talking to a friend of mine who's now a pastor a long time ago, and he said, I don't even know if there's a God. And I said, just just pray and say, God, if you're really there, show me. And if you show me, I'll follow you with all my heart. He's a pastor now. He's a pastor. So will you do that, say, for some of you know God's real, and you just prayed that prayer. Some of you may may say, I don't even know if God's real. Well, talk to him. <laughs> Ask him. Say, if you're real, show me. And then if you show me, I'll follow you with all my heart. So, Lord, I thank you that you're moving sovereignty by your Holy Spirit upon people's lives. I thank you for this time together. I pray blessings upon my pastor, and I pray blessings upon this church, and I pray blessings upon each and every one who's hearing this today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to just brag on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Philip, for joining us today. we got to do this again. Thank you for letting me. I've, I've had a good time. Amen. Could you tell? Amen. That's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and thank you again for joining us for Outflow. If you've enjoyed our time together, please let us know. Before we go, I want to ask you to do three things. First of all, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're watching it. Secondly, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating. That would be amazing and just a really nice thing for you to do for us. And then finally, please tell us, uh, tell your friends and family about us. 
Uh, thank you again for making Outflow a part of your day. We're excited about taking this journey together. Uh, I, I do want to mention to you, remember that if you have a question or a particular topic that you would like for us to talk about, we like for you to set the agenda. So feel free to send that to us. And you can do that by email. Just send it to, you ready for this? Very simple, outflow at outflow.online. Again, outflow at outflow.online. Uh, I'm Pastor Alan King with today's special guest, Philip Stepp, coming to you from the studios of River of Life Church in Bowdies, North Carolina. Thank you for tuning in today to Outflow. Now get out there and be blessed. And while you're at it, be a blessing. Amen.